half of a two-part series, so let's welcome him. Okay, thank you very much indeed. Uh, thrilling morning, love baptisms, uh, love being in the pool. Can't resist if someone invites me, uh, all three guys said, would you be in the pool with me? And I said yes to all three of them, also realising that I was preaching. But uh, I do like a quick turnaround, uh, and uh, it's great to see that I'm, I'm not soaking wet, and I'm not in my pants, so that's good for everyone. Um, And uh, last week, as Dave said, on Easter Sunday, we focused on this one man's particular journey during the Easter period. His name was Peter. Uh, And we looked at the character of Peter. We looked at at the fact that he was a leader and a spokesman. We looked at the fact that sometimes he was a little bit quick to speak his mind. The fact that he made bold claims that he would never let Jesus down. The fact that he denied even knowing who Jesus was after making these claims. Uh, And then this wonderful reality of the resurrection bringing restoration to Peter as he met with the risen Jesus who brought him right back into a place of hope and security and service as well. And so today we continue on this theme. We look at Peter's life after the resurrection. So as they said, in a way this is the second part of a mini-series focusing on Peter's relationship with Jesus and what this empowers him to be and to do. Let's face it, a two-part mini-series is as mini as a series gets, isn't it, really? Anything less is a talk. So um, we're going to spend a moment or two just looking at a couple of aspects of Peter's life, uh, and uh, particularly after he's encountered the risen Jesus. Uh, And that's what we're going to focus on. But before we do that, we're just going back in time just for one moment. I want us to look back at the very beginning In Luke chapter 5, the writer records one of the early times where Peter meets with Jesus. Jesus is speaking to a crowd of people, but there are so many people crowding around uh, a particular beach that uh, there's a huge group Jesus needs to get into a boat in order to speak to them and to teach them. And so the boat is the boat that belongs to Peter. Uh, And after uh, Jesus is in this boat, uh, he then instructs Peter to let down his net and to catch fish. And Peter, as an experienced fisherman, is very sceptical about this suggestion, but he does it anyway, and he catches such a large amount of fish that the nets begin to break. Uh, And Peter's overwhelmed by this, and he says to Jesus, Jesus, go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. And Jesus responds to Peter, it's very interesting. He says, don't be afraid, from now on, you're going to catch men. And at this point, Peter begins to follow Jesus. He and his brother Andrew and his two business companions, James and John, leave their staff, leave their boat, leave their nets, and they begin to follow Jesus. Let's now fast forward approximately three years. Jesus has died and he's been raised again. He's appeared to all sorts of people. At one point he appears to 500 people all at the same time. He's appeared a number of times to his closest followers. He's appeared very specifically to Peter and he's had a very important conversation regarding uh, Peter and restoring Peter and commissioning Peter. And then he appears again to his disciples in Acts 1 and we read from from verse 4. Uh, On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So Peter's been on this roller coaster journey with Jesus from the moment where Peter says, Go away from me. 
For I'm a sinful man, Jesus responds, you'll catch men uh, through all that Peter's seen, the miracles, the teaching, the cross, the resurrection, Peter's uh, boasting, Peter's failure, Peter's restoration. Uh, And now this statement by Jesus, just before he ascends into heaven, about receiving the Holy Spirit in power. We continue the story in Acts 1, verse 6. Then they gathered round him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking so intently up into the sky as he was going, When suddenly two men dressed in white stood before them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has taken, who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. So Peter and the other followers of Jesus wait patiently in Jerusalem. And suddenly the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit falls upon the believers in Jerusalem. Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. While they heard this sound... A crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't these who are speaking Galileans? How then is it that each of us in our own lang- hears them in our own native language? And then from verse 14, here comes our man, here comes Peter. Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you in, who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It is only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women. Um, Sorry, I lost my place then. I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Peter then preaches the gospel very clearly to this vast crowd uh, of people in Jerusalem. He tells them about Jesus' death on the cross. He tells them uh, about the reality of the fact that Jesus paid the price, took the uh, penalty for our sins, for the sins of the world, in order for us to be reconciled to God. Uh, He then talks about the fact that Jesus demonstrates his authority to do this by being raised from the dead and then by sending his Holy Spirit. And we find the response of the crowd in verse 37. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promises for you and for your children, and for all who are far off for all for whom the Lord will call. With many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized. 
and about 3,000 were added to the number on that day. 3,000 people. 3,000 people saved, baptized, and added to the church on one day. I wonder whether Peter looked back to that day in the fishing boat. Uh, that day of the miraculous catch of fish. I wonder whether Peter, when he saw those 3,000 people respond to the gospel, I wonder whether he remembered the words of Jesus. Peter, you will catch men. 3,000 on one day. As Peter reflected back on that fishing trip, and saw these 3,000 people respond, he must have thought, wow, the nets are breaking again. Peter was now living in the good of what Jesus predicted and what Jesus promised. And of course, this incredible day was only the beginning of what Peter would see and achieve as he continued to serve God throughout his life. The very next chapter, Acts chapter 3, we see Peter involved in the healing of a crippled man who was sitting outside the temple uh, and the gates of the temple. And uh, this is the first of a number of healings that God would perform through Peter as Peter was empowered by the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 5 records numerous healings and Peter is specifically mentioned in regard to those. He's right in the center of all that's going on relating to those healings. In chapter 8, we see Peter laying hands upon people, praying for them as they're baptized in the Holy Spirit. So not only was Peter empowered by the Holy Spirit, he was then given the great privilege of being able to pray for others to receive the presence of God, the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit. In chapter 10, we see Peter preaching to a Roman army officer whose name was Cornelius. And as Peter's, as Peter's preaching to Cornelius and uh, to his friends and to his family, the Holy Spirit comes in power upon them. And this is the beginning of a realization that the good news of the Christian faith is not just for the people of Israel, it's actually for the whole world. And Peter is there, he's right at the beginning of that, he's the pioneer, the initiator of this realization. And do you know what? This revelation came, uh, the revelation came that the, the whole nations, not just the Jews, would receive the gospel. It, it was given to Peter during a time where he was just quietly alone in prayer with God. You see that at the beginning of Acts, of Acts chapter 10. So over and over again we see Peter empowered by the Holy Spirit and continuing to fulfill the commission given to him by the risen Lord Jesus. But it wasn't all a walk in the park for Peter. Acts chapter 12 records the fact that Peter is imprisoned and there were times of criticism, there were times of persecution, there were times of imprisonment. But Acts chapter 12 also records this incredible and remarkable story of Peter's miraculous escape from prison. So there are all sorts of different stories, this roller coaster journey that Peter found himself on, right the way through from the point of Jesus restoring him and all the different aspects of Peter's ministry. And then finally, as we look in the Bible, we see that Peter was divinely inspired to write part of Scripture. One and two Peter, two letters that he's written as a contribution to the 
whole of the Bible. And so as we look at Peter's life, we see a man entirely transformed by his relationship with the Lord Jesus. From very humble beginnings in a fishing boat on the Lake of Galilee through to the opportunity of seeing literally thousands of people come to faith in Jesus. In spite of his mistakes, in spite of his failures, God took this man and powerfully used him to extend his kingdom and to build his church. So, just one or two things for us to think about as we consider Peter's life. Firstly, right at the beginning, Peter was trying to send Jesus away from him. He's saying, go away from me. And yet Jesus spoke to Peter and said, no, no, you're going to catch men, Peter. See, Jesus could see things in Peter that Peter couldn't see in himself. And I believe there are people here today who are very who feel they have very little to offer and and yet Jesus sees things in you that you cannot see in yourself. When I was 12 years old, um, God spoke to me through a Christian bus driver. I was getting off the bus and this old guy turned to me and said, I think one day you're going to be a preacher. 12 I was. It's not a very cool thing to happen to you when you're 12, to be honest. Hoped my friends didn't hear at the time. But God, by his Holy Spirit, prompted this random bus driver to see something in me that I couldn't possibly see in myself. And that was true of Peter, just like it was true of me. And it's certainly true of people in this room today. Can I encourage you to listen to the voice of Jesus. He may speak through scripture. He may speak through other people. But what is clear is that he can see stuff in you and you can't see it in yourself. But he wants to use it for your blessing and for his glory. The second thing to say is that Peter's ministry began with being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is still at work today. He still comes. He still empowers. He still fills. He still baptizes. John made reference to this in his testimony. The fact that the Holy Spirit moved powerfully upon him during uh, and touched him very deeply. Uh, And I want to encourage you today to receive the wonderful power and presence of the Holy Spirit of God. Just like Peter did on the day of Pentecost. Just like John did on the A49. It may be that you've never experienced the presence of God or the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life or it may be it's been a while since you've uh, experienced that, that God's touched you in that particular way. I want to encourage you today to receive from God. The Holy Spirit is alive and well. He's at work in this church. And this may be linked with gifts of the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, the believers received the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in different languages. This is known as the gift of speaking in tongues. And it may be there are people in this room who are yet to receive that gift. But maybe today is the day for you. Sometimes this gift comes, people 
receive a gift which is like a heavenly language. Uh, the language of angels, it's described in the Bible. Sometimes they receive a human language that's never been taught to them, that they've never learned, but they're able to speak. And that's what's going on in Acts chapter 2 here, when we've just looked at uh, these people saying, how come they can speak our language? Various people from all sorts of places coming, uh, they can understand the first Christians speaking to them in their own language. And and maybe today you'll receive the gift of speaking in tongues. I want to just encourage you, if you're nervous about that, I just want to say to you, this isn't gobbledygook. This isn't something we just make up. I know 100% that this is a gift from God. I'm going to give you one reason why I'm sure of that. I know many people will have heard the story I'm about to tell. Uh, in fact, I've recently told it on our Alpha course. Uh, but for those of you who haven't heard this story, just have a listen to this. My wife Helen and I were at a Christian conference and during the worship time, the congregation were instructed to pray for the person next to us. And we happened to be standing next to a Romanian pastor and so we prayed for that Romanian pastor. While we were praying, Helen began to pray in tongues for this guy. At the end of the time of prayer, she was approached by a person who could speak both English and Romanian. And the person said to her, do you realize that while you were praying for this guy, you were praying for him in Romanian? Now I can assure you, Helen has no ability whatsoever to speak any Romanian. And yet God, by his Holy Spirit, empowered her to pray encouraging prayers in Romanian for this particular guy. The funny part of the story is that afterwards the Romanian pastor kept speaking to Helen in Romanian, thinking she could speak the language, and she blatantly couldn't. Um, she's completely clueless. So maybe today you'll receive a gift from the Holy Spirit. Maybe the gift of speaking in tongues. Maybe a prophetic gift. I feel really encouraged to pray for gifts of healing to be given to people in this room today. We've talked about how Peter prayed for people and saw them healed. But actually, if we look in Acts chapter 5, it wasn't just Peter. Uh, there were an, the group of Christian believers there who were involved in the process of seeing God miraculously heal people. And I've believed for many years that Barnabas is not simply a place where the healing evangelist does his stuff. It's a place where uh, it's a healing community where a number of people will be given gifts of healing. Of course, the only way to test this is to pray for people who are unwell and ask God to heal them. And in fact, I'd like us to be praying today for people who are unwell and asking His Holy Spirit to touch their lives and to bring restoration and healing to them. Another point today, of course, unsurprisingly, is the issue of baptism. I believe there are people in this room who know that they need to be baptized. And just like on the day of Pentecost, people were convinced and convicted and they knew they needed to turn to God, they knew they needed to be baptized. And maybe you're here today and as our dear friends have, uh, have been baptized and have declared their faith, you know that God's been speaking to you about this very thing. And it's time for you to make a decision which is about faith and baptism. Next, here's an interesting one. Peter received revelation 
about taking the gospel to the nations when? When he was quietly drawing close to God during a private time of prayer. And I believe for some people in the room, this is really important. Drawing close to him in that private time of prayer. And for some of you, I think maybe you need to re-establish those quiet times of prayer, those, t- those times of reflection where you know God has and is able to speak to you. And finally, as I thought about Peter being divinely inspired to write his letters as part of the Bible, I thought of people here who are inspired by the Holy Spirit to creativity and to write. Now, please, let's not misunderstand this. Peter was inspired by God to contribute to Scripture, the infallible Word of God. I don't think there's anyone in the room called to add to the Bible. That isn't a direct comparison. But last night, um, I was here and we were listening to songwriters, to musicians, to creative people. And and as as we think of Peter being inspired to write... I was reminded of people here who are inspired to creativity, to write songs, to paint pictures, to take photographs, to write poetry, to write books, to write stories. I think there's something important for you here today. So it seems that there are quite a few things that we can learn as we focus just on one or two aspects of Peter's life and Peter's ministry. And I've laid out the things that I feel may be significant for us here today. So I'm done. Let's stand together. I wonder if Helen and the team would come back. Just a moment, we're going to worship God together as a corporate response, but I'd just like to specifically pray over people if they feel that some of the things that we've talked about are very specifically appropriate or applicable to them. So I'm going to encourage people this morning to respond by actually coming to the front where I'm going to pray for you It's just a statement of faith, a statement of boldness. And here are the categories of people who I feel may need to respond today. People who need to see themselves through Jesus' eyes rather than their own. People who need to receive the Holy Spirit, maybe in a new way, maybe for the first time, or maybe they're coming back. People who are specifically asking for a gift of the Holy Spirit thinking of gifts of healing, thinking of speaking in tongues. People who need God to heal them. I want us to pray for you this morning. The issue may be physical, it may be emotional. People who need to be baptised, you know faith and baptism is your thing and you need to respond today. And people who know, actually I need to draw close to God. I've lost something of that 
that prayer time. We want to re-establish those private prayer times. And finally, people who are inspired to creativity. My suggestion is, if you're in that category, I just want you to walk to the front right now. I'm going to pray for you. Thank you. There are people beginning to move straight away. I want to pray for you. I want to ask the Holy Spirit to come. Then we're going to worship God together. And then I'm going to hand back to Dave and he's do whatever he thinks he should do. Let's just um, respond. It's a very wide category, I realize. There are a variety of different ways in which people may respond to the things I've talked about. But what we're going to do, what I'm going to do is pray a pretty simple prayer. then we're going to sing about the breath in our lungs about the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit coming and meeting with us so let's open our hearts to God guys if you've responded thank you so much it's a bold move to respond to God today let's just close your eyes let's open your hands to God as if you're to receive a gift from him and I'm going to pray over you it's a very simple prayer just going to ask God to meet with you. That's it, really. That actually, that actually fulfills every category, whether that's to do with gifts of the Holy Spirit, whether that's to do with creativity, whether that's to do with God seeing you or you seeing yourself in, in the right way, whether that's to do with faith and baptism, whether that's to do with healing or gifts of healing. What we need is for the Holy Spirit to come. Lord, I thank you so much for every person who's responding to you today. And I want to pray that you, Lord, even now, in this moment, would come by your wonderful Holy Spirit and that you would saturate every one of these guys with your beautiful presence that you would be poured out upon these individuals. Let's just wait on God. There's no rush. Father, come and fill them to the measure of the fullness of God. I pray that you would touch people very deeply. I pray that you would recommission people in areas that they know they need it. I pray, Lord God, that you would come and touch people possibly for the first time that you will be stirring people as they boldly respond to you in areas of ministry and that you would give gifts to your children. Thank you, Father, that you're the one who gives good gifts. And I pray that good gifts will be distributed amongst these people this morning by your Holy Spirit. Come, we pray. Touch very deeply every life. Reach down into the depths of individual hearts and lives. Shape minds, give boldness and courage. Touch physical bodies and touch emotions, we pray, Father. Release healing. Release restoration. Release commissioning. Release gifts, we pray. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. As we sing this song, I want, and maybe people here, you're wanting to receive the gift of tongues. I want to encourage you that as Helen leads us and as we sing together, just begin to open your mouth and ask God for that gift. That gift will only come if we begin to speak. We can't have a gift of speaking in tongues without speaking. So I want to encourage you, maybe that today is that very, very specifically for you. So let's now all respond right across this room by asking God to touch us, by giving glory to Him, by worshipping Him as Helen and the team lead us right now. Let's worship Him together.